the youngest that I've known um, within my network was 13 when she was told by medical doctors that she actually was post-menopausal at 13. But men and women should all know about menopause is because it happens to 100% of women. In this episode, we learn more about the menopause in 30 minutes than we have in the last 30 years. If it isn't impacting you right now, there's no hiding from the fact that this will at some point. So stay tuned for what we can guarantee is going to be a worthwhile half an hour. Hello, and please welcome to our menopause specialist, Adele. Thank you so much for joining us today, Adele. You're super welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and we're going to dive straight into the questions because what we're doing with all of our guests is starting off with the same first question. And we want to know what does health mean to you? Oh, I love that question. It's so vast, isn't it? You ask like anyone in the health space and they'll all probably have different answers for this. So health means to me, I think this, I'll, I'll split it down, that it's health within your inner self. So that mind and emotional well-being element and having that really taken care of. So making sure you're doing your inner work, super important. And that's something that I only started really doing about three years ago, knowingly. Wasn't really practicing daily gratitudes, mm-hmm. never journaling. I thought that was all massive woo-woo. And once I started to just dabble in it and find bits that worked for me, that has played a massive role in happiness, which is also part of health for me. Yes. And I would also say that it's a multifaceted aspect of just being healthy, happy, and feeling connected to who you are. Love that. Yeah, that is great. What an answer. And you're absolutely right. We're kind of hoping that we are going to get quite a, a range of answers. And I think everybody is going to give a very different kind of output of what that looks like to them. But I absolutely love that focus on the inner side of things. And I know Jen dove into it a little bit sooner than I did, but I was massively on the fence with things like gratitude and journaling. And I was like, this is just all very wishy-washy, woo-woo. It's not for me. It isn't going to work. Like, just get me in a gym and I'll train and then I'll feel good, which I'm not saying isn't true, but there's so much more to it, isn't there? Um, For anybody listening in, have you got any kind of... um, not necessarily tips, but what things do you do that you think works best for you? Because we talk a lot about gratitude and journaling, but we do it from our standpoint. What things do you do that works incredibly well for you? Yeah, for me, well, I think, not I think, I know that for me, what works really well is having a morning and an evening routine. Mm -hmm. So we all have this whole thing of, and and I talk about this a lot with my ladies, we all set a morning alarm to get us up out of bed. If we've got things that we need to be accountable for if we've got jobs if we've got clients to see to if we've got you know things to do in life we'll set an alarm to get up in the morning but we don't ever set one to remind ourselves to start winding down for the evening Mm. and I don't know about you guys but I used to be the person that would say I need an early night tonight and then it would get to about 11 p.m at night and I'd be thinking how has this even happened I was tired like three hours ago what have I been doing with all that time So something that works really well for me is actually setting that bedtime routine. And it starts at 9 p.m. for me, where my iPhone will go in dark mode. 
So you can set that up in your settings if you haven't already. So the screen will go black and it's almost that initiation of Adele, it's no longer daytime, it's now nighttime. And it's my permission to myself to start winding down. So that at that point, I then have a reminder that comes up on my phone and it just says bedtime. And it doesn't mean I'm going to sleep at that point. It just means I'm now going to finish faffing because we all have <laughs> faffing time in the evening and then get my PJs on or have a bath or, you know, do that element of cares to unwind in the evening, wash my face, do my teeth, have my cup of tea, that type of thing. It's just wind down. And that takes me a good hour, sometimes an hour and a half. Love that. I'm an avid like reader. I I've always read before bed, mm. haven't I? I got you into reading. You did, yeah. I hadn't read a book since I was about 15, and now I read a ridiculous amount. It's absolutely <laughs> mad. I love it, but it's a big part of my evening routine. Um, so yeah, 100%. Love that. Very, very good advice. Um, I'm reading a book actually. I'm reading. I love a Brene Brown. Whenever mm. I kind of wind down time at night time. So yes, I've been through all of those, and I've got Atlas of the Heart, which is ready just to go anytime I feel called but not got into it yet love that Amazing. Incredible. and some book recommendations there's too, <laughs> too many reasons to come to this podcast already um so Jen did mention we have got an absolute menopause specialist coming on which is why we were so eager and keen to speak to you um, now we know that you help women to reclaim their identity body and confidence however what we're really really interested in is what led you to helping women achieve this specifically without menopause taking over? Yeah, it's a super question. So yeah, I always squirm a little bit when people say, oh, menopause specialist, because I kind of think nobody can ever be a specialist within the menopause. You know, I, I very much see myself as the forever student within this realm because it's such, a, it's not just a gray area of information, it's a black hole of information and readily available help. So you know, I'm doing my bit to pull to the surface the facts and the bits that help women to really self-serve. And I suppose to answer that question, my journey actually began when I started working with a client who had medically induced menopause. Now, I previously had only been supporting women, but it was more through women's health. And when this client particularly came on board, she was still ongoing for cancer treatment. So because of breast cancer treatment, this lady was put into early menopause through the, the chemotherapy and the medications. So fast forward, got her to a, a, a place and space in her self-confidence, not just through the weight gain that she had through the chemotherapy had then gone, but she'd found this new lease of life in herself at a time in life where because of the breast cancer that she had, she wasn't a straightforward lady like, to take just an easy route to HRT and, and kind of go down that road. So talk about having a, a really chucked in the deep end introduction to menopause care. And you know, there was nothing really out there to support a coach like me. So someone who was frontline, you know, that kind of immediate touch point for these ladies to come to. So I basically just vowed to her that she would need to really monitor and take care of herself from her cancer treatment side with her consultants, because that wasn't something that I would advise her on. But I would endeavour to learn as much as I could to support her through menopause. And it was only once I started, I then realised how vast the difference 
tweaking how we naturally guide women through nutrition, through lifestyle and movement, and through other elements to health and well-being, there were nuances within menopause that needed to be accounted for. So it was only when we put them into place that she had this massive up level. And I still work with her today. It's been nearly two years. She's now about to run her second half marathon. Wow. Weightlifting and absolutely loving it. Her body has, it's the strongest, most healthiest body she's ever had. And her last cancer check, she's, she phoned me straight after and said, Adele, you're not going to believe this. But the consultants had to rerun the checks because they didn't believe it was the same person that they were looking at so they told her that she's added on so many years to her life by what she's done in this short space of time and that to me still gives me tingles and goosebumps because that's life-changing so that's why I do what I do now and it's just such a phenomenal space and very humbled and grateful to be able to yeah, that is one powerful story, isn't one it? Story, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think to for her to kind of go back and have such amazing feedback is just beyond incredible. Um, and I think I'm gonna stop recording there because Reggie's working. <laughs> Let me one sec, I'll just pause it because So a question that I want to know, because I feel like I was really ignorant around menopause for a really long time and potentially still don't know as much as I probably should. But why do you think it's important that women of all ages know about menopause? Because I know that's something that you're really strong on, that all women should be educated around menopause. So why is that, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard, isn't it? Because the statement you've used there is that you should know more. And it almost, that word, this is where my Brene Brown head's now coming out, almost gives us that level of shame that we don't know about it. But actually, the reason that I personally believe that all, everyone, men and women, should all know about menopause is because it happens to 100% of women. So it's not that it might happen. It's not like diabetes or, you know, any type of illness or disease that can happen it will happen it does happen and it happens to 51% of the entire world's population so it's not you know it's not an if it's a when it's going to happen and for some women it happens very very young the youngest that I've known um, within my network was 13 when she was told by medical doctors that she actually was post-menopausal at 13 so not perimenopausal, which we've got four different stages of the menopause. Mm-hmm. She actually transitioned from having just one year of bleeding into postmenopause straight away. So it can happen. And that poor girl went through high school not knowing what was happening to her because we don't get taught about it. Mm-hmm. So we get taught about our period starting. We get all of that through the end part of primary school, right into high school. I think we all can all remember the absolutely humiliating day where they pull out the sanitary towels and the tampons and they're throwing them over to you to play with. And you think, oh my God, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I'll remember that day. But we and, and we get taught about pregnancy or contraception. So how not to become pregnant, how to become pregnant. And we're cared for throughout our pregnancy when we are pregnant and I've had twins so had very good care through my pre and postnatal 
but then it kind of stops and we don't get taught about what happens at the other side when our fertile like our fertile and our fertility years stop and that is the menopause the menopause is when you've not had the period a bleed for 12 consecutive months and you are no longer having that menstrual cycle so yeah it's it's easy answer is everyone should know about the menopause everyone should be empowered to want to know if they have that urge as well and know where to go because it's going to happen to everyone so phil jen it will happen to jen and phil you will be impacted by that as well as her partner so there's that element of care there like he's already impacted enough by my cycle <laughs> good help him when we get to that point <laughs> it's it's amazing though isn't it that as you said in theory it, it, well it's definitely going to happen and in theory from what you've just said it technically impacts 100 percent of people kind of because mm. obviously if it's gonna happen to jen i'm gonna be a part of that journey and yet there doesn't seem or at least you know this could be my ignorance there doesn't seem to be a tremendous amount of it i mean it's probably improved so much i know you're doing an incredible job of improving and increasing the amount of information out there which is absolutely sensational but doesn't feel like there's uh, enough mm. information, I guess, um, out there. And I think it'd be massively helpful to, I guess, be able to run through symptoms, signs of that for listeners. And then are there any things that people should or shouldn't do? Anything they should or shouldn't be worried about? Just a general, you know, uh, obviously every individual is going to be different, but more of, I guess, a, a generalization if possible. Yeah, absolutely. So fab questions as well. And you're absolutely right. It's a hundred percent of people really become affected and impacted in some form, um, right through to you know households of even if the children are in the home. Good example is for us. I actually had an early perimenopause diagnosis at thirty-seven, just before I was thirty-eight. The just for context, the average age for perimenopause beginning in the UK is forty-one. So I've been noticing changes since I was thirty-six. Um, and my girls are 11 and a half. So we're going through mum entering into perimenopause stage of life and my twins entering into starting periods and menstrual cycle change of life. And my poor husband's in the middle of all of this with two female cats in the house. <laughs> He's kind of begging for a man den or somewhere when, when hormones are just wild. So, you know, and it's, it is one of these things where it shouldn't be seen to be so depressive and doom and gloom, but actually, and I had this conversation last night with a group of women, that although the symptoms I'm going to chat through with you now can happen and, and do happen to a lot of women, about 80 odd percent of women will get symptoms, 25% of women, it will be very severe for them and, and can be life changing. And, you know, high percentage of 50% or, or more do not even seek support from their GP because they just don't know what's happening to them and equally don't feel that they can articulate what's happening to them well enough so they just get on with it they just go through it and think I'm just tired I've got a busy career I've got young kids or I've got you know lots of commitments that's why this is happening so some of the symptoms that some of the ladies can experience can and there's 40 plus of them really you can get them all or they can just have some but you're talking about things like heart palpitations which 
were one of mine and can be really alarming, really upsetting. And when they start to happen and you've never experienced that before, you do start to panic. And that can bring an onset of health anxiety. So all of a sudden, where women have never even thought previously about things like cancers or ailments or, or diseases, you've suddenly self-diagnosed yourself with everything that Dr. Google tells you. And you believe it, even though rational brain would say, don't be so silly. You know, you kind of become very much in that irrational space of, but everything's adding up. Um, a lot of ladies obviously get the vasomotor symptoms, which are the hot flushes and the night sweats. Um, but you can also have things that are very vaginally dis like distressing. So for a lot of ladies, it can be really sore vaginas, very painful, swollen. You know, all of all of these things can impact them just being able to put on a pair of pants mm -hmm. and go about their day. Never mind turn up for their PT session. So. You know, a lot of the times, and this is where the work that I'm doing in the PT and coaching space is to bring that level of compassion that actually your lady might not want to jump onto a WhatsApp with you or express to the group that she's having a really sore vagina so she's not going to show up to her PT session. She might just say, I'm really sorry, but I need to cancel this last minute. I've got an emergency or, you know, there's that kind of I'm not wanting to tell people. And that can really affect relationships. You know, again, libido, mood changes, cognitive decline. And women after the menopause are at a greater risk of things like cardiovascular disease. Um, also things like dementia and Alzheimer's and osteoporosis. And that's because of the declining estrogen levels within the body are taking a bit of a, a drop throughout the perimenopause. So some ladies will get really severe symptoms and um, like I said it can be really life-changing. A really really sad part of this is that female suicide rates in the UK are predominantly between kind of 45 to 55 age category and that is exactly between the perimenopause and menopause age. And we do hear of a lot of ladies who are very debilitated by anxiety and depression during the drop in their hormones so it's a very sad time for a lot of families not just the lady but equally and this is the kind of joyful part in it all there is so much we can do to support these ladies and sometimes it's just having somewhere that they can reach out to have a community of other women that are experiencing the same things have someone that's got a bit more knowledge that can guide them to either self-help or guided help um, and for any of the listeners here today thinking oh my god that's me I, you know those symptoms yes I'm getting those then I would highly encourage you to download a free app called Balance. Now Balance is a really young app it's only a year old but massively growing and was designed by Dr Louise Newson who runs the leading menopause clinic privately within the UK but it's a free download. You can track your cycle in there. You can track your symptoms in there. You actually get this beautiful report at the end of it whenever you want it, which can really help you have discussions with your GP, for example. So sometimes it's just knowing you've got somewhere to go to just get that reassurance that 
you're not alone. And actually, the menopause happens, if we can see it that way, because it does sound so negative, but it happens as a journey part of a, of a woman's life. And for a lot of women, it's actually a revelation. It's a new start in life. And that's what I pride myself on doing with my ladies, is helping them to see that this is a new opportunity to reclaim who you are, redefine the journey ahead, and actually learn, learn more about who they are inside. Mm -hmm. A lot of women have switched that off by menopause points. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I caught in that is that you said that a lot of people struggle to get that support from GPs. Would you say that getting the app would be the kind of first step? And then how would you potentially advise people to start that conversation up with the GPs? What would your best kind of situation be in in that? What would your best advice be in that situation? Sorry. Yeah, great question. Because this can be quite, you know, the stumbling block for a lot of ladies thinking, well, I don't actually know what to say to my GP or my GP is a male and I don't want to go and talk to him about all my symptoms and what's happening so I think a lot of the first step yes downloading the balance app it's free across your mobile provider so if you're on an Apple device or an Android you've got the options there within your app store to download it there is so many self-support options within the app where you can read upon some of the literature that Dr. Elise Newson and her team have put in there. And also there's a bit of a community within that app as well. Um, you've also, now listening to this, you've got the uh, absolute opportunity to reach out to me. I've done a lot of support with ladies who are not my clients and this is not a, a drive for services. This is more a, if it sometimes helps that I just write an email to your doctor's surgery, which I've done for a lot of women, that's the bridge that some ladies just need and that the GP has needed to just understand a little bit more. So sometimes it's just that email going off to the, the GP surgery, the surgery knowing in advance why you're coming for that appointment. So therefore you've got a good eight minutes to discuss support options rather than using the full 10 minutes to just lose yourself and trying to articulate how things are so please know that that offer is there and you can reach out I'm sure Jen and Phil will put contact details so you can do so um, but first things first just get the app start tracking your symptoms understanding a bit more about what it is that you're experiencing because that download can be sent to your GP as a PDF if you wish, or shown at your appointment. And then when you do actually speak with the GP, factually, so helping them to understand the facts. And another aspect to this is the GPs will follow the NICE guidelines. Okay, so this is, this is where they kind of go to for their support. So there's a section within the NICE guidelines on the menopause that I would absolutely encourage you to Skim read, you don't need to go into detail, but skim read what is in there. So that is exactly what your GP is going to follow. So if you are already aware of what's in there, it's going to help you to set expectations and to help that conversation because you'll be able to advise the GP. Having read the NICE guidelines, I appreciate there are limitations, 
but here's what I would really love for you to do to support me and just be clear on what it is that you would like from them. If it's HRT, the unit. So yeah, if they're going into their appointment and HRT is the solution that they want to obtain, then it's just knowing a little bit about it. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because I don't know much myself about HRT and I think I'm right in saying that it's something you're going through yourself right now using this. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what it actually is and why you would recommend that to people? Yeah, so yeah, full disclaimer, full transparency, I took the option to replace my hormones because I am so young that knowing what I know, I didn't want to then take the additional risks of osteoporosis, of cardiovascular disease, because it does run in my dad's side of the family, and Alzheimer's runs in my mum's side of the family. So looking at all of that, I have a relatively low risk because I don't smoke. I am very active. I do a lot of resistance training and I don't actually drink. If I do, it's occasionally a glass of wine with dinner. It's just not something that's in my life now, partly because the menopause has absolutely scuppered me being able to drink red wine because I just get itchy. (laughs) killed my happiness with a beautiful heavy Malbec but hey (laughs) move on Um, but yeah so from an HRT perspective hormone replacement therapy it's there's so many different preparations out there for women it's not just a one box of tablets that every woman gets prescribed and it says HRT on the box which I thought before I started to research further into this Right, and I'm not embarrassed to admit that because it's something that has come up in the menopause support coach certification I'm running. Three of the ladies also said at that point, Adele, I also thought that, so I'm glad we're being open and honest. So th- th- there's this space of not really understanding what's available out there. And I don't know if you've seen recently in the news that they came out to say that HRT would be available over the counter. Yeah. So the media had really blown this up to be like all unicorns and sparkles and it's totally not. So just to put clarity to this, there will be one option available, potentially, hasn't been agreed yet, over the counter, which its previous name was Vagifem. They're going to be renaming it to be calling it Gina. And ultimately what it is, is a vaginal pessary mm-hmm. that is a non HRT source of estrogen so it's actually not an HRT product it's a localized estrogen that is a small tablet pessary basically for the vagina so helps a lot of ladies that are struggling with vaginal issues but it's only going to potentially be prescribed or sorry not no prescription needed but over the counter for postmenopausal ladies who are 50 years and over yeah just find that not all hrt is going to be made available which we were all led to believe with those yeah. posts um but back to the hrt question so there are a multitude of different options available and if a lady is presenting and looking to replace her hormones it's it's if we look at this in a, a twofold solution you've got the onset of symptoms so for me the heart palpitations the severely itchy skin that was causing me to draw blood on myself through the night because it was so severely itchy and bruised myself. Um, I did struggle 
massively with vaginal issues that was me you know I talk from experience when I say even putting underwear on was excruciatingly painful so all of these things um cognitive decline oh my god I actually never I used to make jokes with my mum and say oh maybe it's the dementia setting in and having a laugh with her when she would do really silly little things but it got to the point with me where it did get really alarming some of the things I'd forget some of the things that I would do putting things in random places so that's how I started to notice things weren't quite right now for my own preparation I chose the marina coil for my progesterone because again I already had it it acts as my contraception as well so I went for the marina coil for my progesterone element which was already there as my contraception anyway but if you have a womb a uterus you will always need a progesterone element to your HRT because it helps to keep the lining of the womb a really nice thickness otherwise if it's estrogen only that you replace and you still have a uterus it can over thicken and we don't want that to happen so progesterone is taken care of with the marina that's in place for a good five years and I can get on with my life and then my estrogen element there are so many different options for this but I personally opted for the estrogen gel pump pack so it's just a just a, a pump and I do two pumps in the morning and just a clear gel doesn't smell of anything it's not sticky you just rub that into your thighs and then I've also got testosterone replacement as well because once my bloods were ran we discovered that my testosterone was non-existent I really had nothing which explains a lot when we start to then dig into what testosterone does for women on a lot of my symptoms and also why I trained um, in a bodybuilder form because I competed in bikini shows for two seasons and didn't really grow a lot of what we would kind of class as being those androgen rich muscle groups. So my um, quads and also my delts wouldn't really grow. No matter how hard I trained, no matter how much food I ate, and it just baffled my coach. We didn't know why it was just not possible to grow these muscles really well. And once I've started back replacing those hormones, I've just had bloods done and everything's looking brilliant, training a lot better in the gym and already noticing improvements within those areas. So the body is an amazing orchestra once it's working together in symphony. But yeah, there's, there's so many different preparations that I wouldn't run through them all with you now. But what I would say is get familiar. If you're listening to this thinking, I want to explore HRT, get familiar. Use the Balance app, do your research. You can reach out to me and ask questions and definitely look at what is going to work better for you. Is it going to be a gel? Is it going to be a patch or a spray? There's so many different solutions that it's not this whole big stick a sticker on your head and say, I'm using HRT. Nobody needs to know. But equally, we don't need to feel ashamed to hide it. Yeah. Incredible. That's absolutely sensational, isn't it? I think I've learned 
more in 20, 30 minutes about menopause than I have in the last 30, nearly 31 years of my life. <laughs> it will be 31 years of my life when this podcast comes out. But yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And honestly, as well, your openness and honesty about your own story as well is so incredibly kind for you to share. And also your um, option for people to reach out to message you. We will definitely be making sure that your um, Instagram and handle and stuff like that is in the uh, in the podcast notes so people can find you easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Before we jump onto the on the spot question, I just wanted to say a massive thank you because it's yeah. been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Do you want to share where people can find you um, on Instagram? Is that the place to get you on Instagram? Yeah, I'm probably mostly active across Instagram and I dedicate around two hours a day to answering questions. So DMs basically. Um, and it's just my way of paying it forwards because I'm not a big believer that you need to only be working with a coach to benefit from a coach's knowledge. So especially within the the space that I'm in, I've got a personal goal of helping a thousand women as quickly as possible to really own their menopause journey. So by doing that, it's just the reason that I share so much over Instagram with free swipey guides, doing as many lives as possible. So yes, over on Instagram and you'll catch me there if you just type in Adele.Johnston, I will show up. Incredible. Absolutely no doubt you'll hit that 1,000 in no amount of time. <laughs> on the spot, I'm so excited to ask this question. It's our first one that's um, from like a guest to our next guest. Like We got to pick the first one because mm-hmm. um, it was Sky Elizabeth who has picked our uh, question for you this week. And we were saying it's come to a phenomenal person. So, Adele, what three things do you wish that you knew 10 years ago? Oh, amazing. Right, so number one would obviously be that every woman goes through the menopause and there's so much you can do pre-menopause and in perimenopause to make that journey so much nicer. So that's number one. So if I was to put that into a shorter sentence, it would be menopause education and awareness. Yes. Um, Number two would be that... So 10 years ago, my girls were, were not long born, they're 11 now, um, that this stage of my life is going to have been one of the best ever. So I just feel like where I am now, that's why I'm saying, even you know when we come through menopause, you can still have this whole rebirth and regrowth and a, and a massive up level because that's where I feel I am now. So Adele, in 10 years time, you are going to be living a fabulous life. And then third one would be, what would be my third one? This is really interesting. Oh, my third one would be, because I never, when we talked at the beginning of this about the inner work, Mm -hmm. I never really seen the space of daily gratitudes. I dabbled with quotes here and there and thought, oh, that sounds, that sounds cool. I'll maybe use that on my notebook. Um, But knowing that actually there's science behind the gratitudes and the inner work that breath work holy hell would open up this whole new realm of possibilities of connection and I've never experienced as much as I've experienced whilst doing breath love that they're three amazing ones and we were already chatting before we started recording this podcast about how um, we've just found out that Adele's uh, trained to lead breathwork sessions through like 
we'll get you in for our clients and then we can experience that. It sounds incredible. Um, but yeah, I knew that'd be a good question for you, Adele. I felt like you're you're the perfect reflecting type. <laughs> very, I was going to say a very fast answer. I don't think I'd have been able to answer that one so quickly. I'd still be trying to find one. Like, we recorded 61 episodes, didn't we, before we started bringing people onto the podcast. We did an on-the-spot question every week, and not once did we answer that fast. No, no. Not once. Excuse me, just was like, eh, uh. Yeah. I think when you get lost in your own mind sometimes but yeah I I don't know I never ever put myself down as being a reflector but I am I journal way more now Mm. and I don't this is the space as well you know you hear a lot of people say journal and meditate every day I don't do it every day because sometimes I don't actually want to yeah yeah I love that I think that's amazing I think there's this real I particularly get caught in the that self-sabotage cycle of, oh, well, I've not done it. And then I start beating myself up and then I put it off. And it's like, well, it doesn't have to be that. It's just dipping in and out of it when we need it. And I think that's a great little show to end on there. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Adele, for coming on. Um, we'll be grabbing our question for our next guest from you. Um, so listeners, if you make sure that you have subscribed so you can hear Adele's question for our next guest. And while you're there, if you want to leave us a little review, that'll be lovely. We will speak to you soon. Thanks so much. See you later. Bye.